Hey everybody, this is the Multi-Geek Show. This is the Metallicast number two, um, where we're going to finish talking about just pretty much the current state of Metallica right now. Um, if you listen to the first uh, multicast that we called the Metallicast, we went through and uh, did the first five tracks on the Death Magnetic album, and uh, we related a question to each one of the tracks and just kind of talked about uh, you know what we think about Metallica, our experiences with Metallica, things like that. And so we are going to pick up right there with the uh, next five songs on the album. With me is, to my right, my brother Thomas. Hello. Next to him, Alex. Hello. <laughs> and then to my left is Matt, my brother. Hello. That's Matt. And then, as always, the wonderful Jason McIntosh. Hey. All right. Um, right now I've got my iPhone on, and I don't know if you guys know, Stan Lee is on Twitter now. Like, He's like an absent-minded old man on Twitter. No, I love it. It's bedtime. Because he is. True he... believers. <laughs> I love Stan Lee. It's funny, though, because it's like he's discovering the internet, is what it sounds like. I love this. <laughs> I don't doubt that for a My second. My adult dad was just broke. Here's, um, this is one of his tweets. It's a funny feeling when you hit update. It's like your words have gone out. Can't take them back. They're gone forever. It's scary. <laughs> He's a frightened old man on the internet. Stan Lee's a retard. Hey. <laughs> no, nah, but I love Stan Lee. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, back. way you to go. can't take that back. You're like someone who made an okay, off-color gonna... racist remark and realized that there was someone of ethnicity in the room. You're like, yeah, man, I hate them. Except for you, you're all right. No, oh, I was, man, I'm just I didn't even you. see you there. I was just kidding. No, but anyway. Okay. Um, the last song that we did... Uh, last week was actually uh, All Nightmare Long, and uh, we were talking about the nightmare currently. Hold on. Stanley just sent a tweet. I got to turn these updates <laughs> off. It says... Wow. It says... <laughs> say I want to play all nine games. Listen. No, 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 no. He says, I could keep tweeting all night, but I don't want to keep you up too late. So till next time, <laughs> get some rest. I'll look for you tomorrow night. Wow. What time is it right now? It's 10.20 in the p.m. You know what? That means it's like 7.20 in California where he probably lives and it is his bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get some more milk. Head to bed. Man, get my comforter made of comics in the morning. million dollar bills. <laughs> my <laughs> solid right. gold bed. Alright, so. It hurts. So good. What we were talking about last Metallicast was that uh, what I considered we were suffering through uh, which was this awful nightmare of... Um, just what is considered now to be heavy metal. We talked about that, and then we talked about, uh, you know, screaming versus singing and things like that. Well, the next song we're going to talk about is Cyanide. Um, now... So my question to you is, if you were all spies, would you choose to do a cyanide injection if you were caught, or a cyanide capsule under the tongue? No, I'm kidding. The uh, the real question real is, funny, is, Tim. is more like <laughs> oh, a... bud. <laughs> the real question is this. This is more uh, directly relating to the song and the style of the song. So cyanide, to me, is one of the only songs on Death Magnetic that has a very straightforward attack. It's almost like a song from the Black Album or maybe even like a load-reload style song. And um, so my question is, would you have preferred more of this on Death Magnetic? More of these straightforward, 
uh, songs. And were you expecting when 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 Death Magnetic came out? Were you expecting it to be more of like a Black Album too? Um, what do you think, Matt? Um, I don't. I wouldn't change any of it. I like it. I think it's really awesome. Cyanide is one of my favorite songs off of that CD, though. So, well, why though? Why is that one of your favorite versus some of the other ones? You know, is it because it's so straightforward? Is it because it's just real lean? You know, there's not a lot of parts that are, um, I guess, really long and repetitious. It's kind of just boom, boom, boom. Um, I don't know because I have a lot. I have a couple of different favorites that I think even Metallica doesn't really favor off of that CD. Um, for some reason, uh, I thought you were going to say that even Metallica doesn't know about <laughs> <laughs> songs I wrote. But in no, secret. but I really like the Unforgiven Three. I think that's a really cool song, you know, because they don't do too many soft songs. But every time they do do one, it it comes out really well, if you ask me. Yeah. Um. So I just really enjoy when they do something like that. Um. I really liked their uh, first release off of that one. Their their single, um, "The Day That Never Comes." Um. And Cyanide, too. Um, I just like Cyanide because it's just... I like the... I don't know. It, it just reminds me of the exact opposite of what St. Anger is. Like, the the sound of the guitars and down to even the way he sings and the sound of the drums and everything. It just reminds me of what... Because I don't really like St. Anger. Okay, anymore, so, so would you then... So you would leave the album as it is, but you're glad that they put one on there that's similar to those older ones... Like when I say not not all the way back into the eighties, but the um, like the black album and then load and reload. So you're you're glad that it is the mix that it is. Yeah. All right. Cool. What about you, Jason? No. The answer clearly is no. Right answer. We're moving on to the next question. No, I'm kidding. Um, what do you think about this album? Were you looking for a black album too? Did you have any? Did you have a preconceived notion? Did you have your hopes up? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I was hoping it'd be more like the older stuff. Which it was right, meaning like, like we did you have a a particular album that you're like, I really hope they kind of revisit this one. No, just, nah, just fast. Yeah, fast, long. heavy, long. Yeah, yeah those epics. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as cyanide goes on the album, um, is that one of your favorites or least favorites? It's neither. No, it's just <laughs> in the middle there. Yeah, it's kind of just, just floats in there. All right, what about you, Thomas? Um. I think I, I kind of wanted, like, I, I wish, you know, I like the album a lot, but I kind of wish they would have did, like, more of a blend of, I was hoping for, of course, it's the ultimate dream, but a blend of, you know, and Justice for All, the Black Album, and um, uh, what, Master of Puppets. And, I mean, you know, I think that would be the ultimate, but Cyanide, it, it's a good one, but I think I'm still in that stage, even though the album's been out for a year. That I'll do like one song at a time that I really get into, and sure. I listen to yeah. it a lot, you know. Yeah. And I think even like just thinking about that, it's been a year, you know. I still, you know, go from song to song that I like re- a lot. So cyanide, it, it it is, in a way, one of my favorites, but maybe not right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I mean, but it is a good one. It's a straightforward. It is cool, but. I think a lot of the other songs are that way too. I mean, you know, they all have their own personality, so you know. Yeah. Okay, and uh, Alex is asleep, so we're going to move on. No, I'm kidding. What do you think? I like that they went back to the uh, the longer song formula, uh, having different parts that didn't have a lot of singing over them. There were a lot of different guitar riffs, uh, drum parts. I thought that gave it a lot of character, kind of like uh, Master of Puppets, where the songs, you know, there are only eight songs on that album, but 
they're seven to eight minutes long. A few, uh, several of them are, and they they all have very distinct parts. It doesn't drone on. Right. They're very. I mean, you can listen to one part of the song and be like, "Wow, that's a really cool part." Even though there's not, there won't be any vocals over it. So I like that they kind of went back to that formula, where they could write a really long song, maybe something that wasn't played on the radio. In fact, when they do play a few of them on the radio, they edit them down like crazy. Yeah, like all nightmare long. Yep. So a huge chunk missing. Also, out of that too, one. I was just thinking about remember Scotty from Star Trek and how he said diaper. No, <laughs> you don't remember. He was like diaper. He said it like. <laughs> wow, I don't know why that struck me as funny. This is turning into said, a Star Trek cast. He said diaper. Diaper. Yeah. Hold anyway, on, I'm so, gonna I'm gonna tweet that to Stanley. That sounds good. So go true believers. <laughs> I know all about diapers. He's probably asleep right now. No, I, um, and it sounds like we're if if especially if this is the first show you're listening to. Um, I don't, respect don't Stanley. No, I I'm apologize. You know what? Honestly, he's probably sitting there right now, listening trying, to our podcast, trying wow. <laughs> trying to resist the urge to send another Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably sitting there. He's got one written out, and he just can't figure if he should send it or not. He's just tearing himself apart. At least it's keeping him busy. Well, you know what? And that's the thing is that I I. Uh, I just think that he's one of those people that has a sense of wonder still at his age, and got to respect that. If to those of you listening and you don't know who we're talking about, Stanley is the person who created the Fantastic Four with Jack Kirby and uh, Spider-Man with Steve Didko. And so, uh, anyway, moving on. Um, what else were you going to say about Scotty's diaper? Was there anything else you were going to talk about? <laughs> no, I just want you to think about it. I, w- <laughs> I just want you Thank to think you. about what it. What a great time to bring that um, up. Yeah. Diap- it's so metal. His diaper it's, was metal. It was. Literally. It was made out of uh, transparent aluminum. That'd be really cold. No, it was transparent aluminum. That's true. Um, it's going to... Uh, it's... It's one of those things where it's surprising for me to say this, but when I look at the Metallica songs that I think are my favorites, um, it's it's very different in the sense that I love all of their music except the one song. It's called The Thorn Within. Um, I think it's got a subpar drum part, and I really think it's kind of hokey sounding. But Other than that, two of the songs that I will just, I love are Battery and Blackened. No songs are just really good to me. But after that, the songs that I think are my favorites, I think I'm surprised to even say this myself because the songs that I would consider like my favorite Metallica songs just because the way they sound and the and the the melodies and everything, I love No Leaf Clover. I love I Disappear. And so those two songs are like, wow, they're not like thrash. They're really more like hard rock. Um I love all their stuff, though, but those are two that I'm like, oh, I love those songs. Uh, just how grooving they are. And um, so I think for me, Cyanide is one of my favorite songs on Death Magnetic. It's my favorite song, but it flip-flops between that and My Apocalypse for me. And so I'm kind of glad that we didn't get a bunch of those on the album because I think it makes that one stand out more. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and all of them, I think you can go through and you can trace through this whole album. You can see um, elements from all different albums. You know what I mean? And different, almost like homages to different songs that they have done. And um, Dude, and that bass line in Cyanide is so yeah, sick. Yeah, I just love that song. So It's good stuff. Well, good. Um, now, the next song on the... Uh, 
on this Metallicast that we're going to talk about is The Unforgiven Three. Which, this reminds me of uh, a story of when I worked at, uh, like, in it was one of those uh, wholesale clubs. It's BJ's. And um, the guy that I used to work with up in the break room, he was always talking about Metallica, 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 Metallica. And uh, he would always say, yeah, but Metallica cut their hair. They're sellouts, they're sellouts. This is a guy who used to have long hair when he started working there. But then he shaved his head. And I was like, why are they sellouts? Because they cut their hair. Did you call him a sellout when he cut his hair? No, man. I didn't care enough about Dude, that guy. Dude, I would have called him a sellout so bad. Nah, I just I, don't forget I was younger at the time, and everyone else working there was older, so it was kind of hard to work there anyway. I was outcast, man. The point is, is that a lot of people have never forgiven Metallica for cutting their hair and going through the load-reload phase, Kirk with the black fingernails. Um, maybe the Napster thing, which you talked about last episode, Matt. I brought it up. You talked about it. Or even, well, I don't think it should have been brought up without being talked about. Um, or like to some kind of monster phase, you know, is that a masterpiece or a misfire? Some people think that, I love that song. you know, so what I'm saying is this, have you had an experience with somebody? Who said, nah, man, whatever. I, I can't even take Metallica. I don't even listen to their albums anymore. Or do you personally have lost some respect for Metallica for some of those choices? Load, reload, and uh, even some kind of monster. What do you What do you think, Alex? Um, I haven't lost any respect only because I think the fans that were really mad were the ones that had followed him from the beginning which I didn't because I was born when they first became popular. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> so maybe some of the older fans, I think, were really mad because they had, you know, uh, Metallica pretty much ushered in the modern metal thrash era. And then, you, you know, you have the Black Album where they're all, which to me, I mean, <sighs> mixed differently, Load could sound like the Black Album. Yeah. In some aspects. Because the Black Album didn't have a lot of crazy fast songs on it. If you listen to it, it's like, it's, it was a lot more simple, but it was very heavy and very, you know, it was very metal. Yeah. But it, it, the songs weren't as... The, um, so fast. Weren't, yeah, they weren't as fast as uh, as from, like, from Master of Puppets or even Kill Em All or anything like that. They were they were a little bit slower. They had a little more grooves to them. The vocals were an octave lower. Uh, the yeah. guitars were tuned down more. Um, I think people just got shocked when they went to the Load album. And, yeah, you... Tra- <laughs> You open up the cover and you see uh, guys that don't look like Metallica sitting at a table smoking cigars. And you're like, what the heck is this? I thought they, you know, and then, but I'm saying uh, the mix is different. You know, they came into the 90s. I think they were just playing music. They wrote music that they liked. They weren't writing it for the people. They still wrote music that they liked. I think yeah. they enjoyed those songs. Um, so I, I didn't really... You know, a band's going to do what a band's going to do. Obviously, they didn't do that for popularity. No. Because it kind of backfired a little bit. So, if you're going to, within reason, if a band is going to go in a 
in a certain direction, and that's where they agree to go, and then they enjoy the music that they're playing. So listen, those people that say they won't listen to Metallica again will still buy a ticket to their show and go to and go to that show. Yeah, that's how they sell out every single show. And I think, to me, it's silly when people destroy albums if they think a band sold out. I think that's the dumbest thing in the world. Yeah. You buy a CD, and then they show all that news footage I saw, and I think it's a year and a half in the life of Metallica where those guys are, are putting... Uh, not in a year and a half. I, I forgot which... Uh, some kind of monster. It was some kind of monster, right. And they, they put the CDs in the pile, and you're like, I hate this band. I, hate I was like, really? That's what you're doing with your life? I mean, come on. Meanwhile, you know you know that they were actually it was those were probably like CD cases. They're smashing CD it, cases. They got those CDs in their CD books. To me, that's a books. silly overreaction. I, and I, like I said, I can kind of understand some of the older fans, but uh, and I know live they don't play a lot of stuff from Load or Reload anymore, except maybe some of the faster things. But yeah, it's, it's I wonder occasional. if they kind of just have a you know just an understanding where they're like you know these weren't really our most popular albums. Maybe we should just avoid them like the plague. Well, I think that so, they've they've been able to distance themselves from it personally because, like you said, I think that they made those songs because those are songs that really truly came out of them as musicians, you know. And they they wrote, which I think you could make a really really good album if you took Load and Reload, cut a lot of the the songs that aren't really good, cut them out, and make one album. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and just edit it down, put some of those songs together, making them you know take two pieces and put them together and just really you know what's funny produce too? it. When we were at uh, Summer Sanitarium and we were waiting in line to uh, to get into the Citrus Bowl, they were playing Reload, and everybody in line, old Metallic fans, new Metallic fans, were all singing along with it. Yeah. So they didn't hate <laughs> it that much because they all knew the lyrics. Yeah. it's <laughs> That was funny to me. I was like, they're playing Of Wolf and Man, or, or not Of Wolf and Man, they're playing uh, Devil's Dance. Yeah, yeah. And uh, everybody's singing the lyrics in yeah. line. And, and well, and, and that's the thing right there is that the funny. difference between... Um, Metallica's earlier albums and the, like load and reload and stuff like that is that it is like the load and reload are hard rock albums. They're not metal. And their other stuff is metal. Whether you like some kind of monster or not, it's a metal album because of its, you know, how fast it is and stuff like that. But um anyway, what about you, Matt? I forget the question. That was a long time. <laughs> I was saying that a lot of people have never forgiven Metallica for cutting their hair or quote unquote selling out. Oh, I don't know. I think it has a place in Metallica's history. Um, I wouldn't take it away for anything. I wouldn't trade it for anything. So I don't. I really don't have a preference or any really animosity at all towards them for doing it. I think. I think they're two great albums. I really like them both. So. Yeah, I was. I heard Kirk Hammett say. Uh, this was before some kind of monster or St. Anger. And uh, Kirk Hammond said, yeah, people say that Reload is our worst album, but our worst album is better than some band's best album. <laughs> that is true. I was like, yeah, it's true. <laughs> but um, now what about you, Jason? Because you had an experience where you heard the Black Album first and then you discovered the older, faster stuff. I think so did I. That's kind of how it worked with me. I heard, for me, I heard Load and Reload first. Some of the songs that I heard... Um, were like off of Reload. I actually, I had Reload in 10th grade, and it's all I had in my CD player for a year. Mm-hmm. And I would listen from the beginning, and what really got me like in love with Metallica, you know, I heard Master Puppets, and that interested me, you heard in the last podcast, but what got me like loving them, where I wanted to just listen to all their songs, was I heard The Memory Remains on the radio, mm-hmm. and I heard The End, and just that da 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 da, and just hearing the double foot, it was slow. 
Mm-hmm. And then there's like this huge thunderous drum fill. I was like, what is this? So I heard that first and then found their other stuff slowly. How do you feel about the short hair, long hair, load and reload, you know, metal being fast versus the hard rock? Of You know, how do you feel about all that? I don't think it matters what a person looks like. The music's going to be good if it's good. Yeah. And I, I like it when bands uh, try different styles, so... Yeah, that's fine with me. Yeah, yeah, you got to think about it too. They were changing decades, you know, like going from into the '90s and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's getting, yeah, yeah. You know, they don't want to stay the same. Like, of course, you're going to cut your hair. I mean, they 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 had the same look for so long. Like, why not? You know, they probably thought the same thing. It's like, well, it's just our hair. You know, yeah, yeah. it's it's not going to change us. It's not going to change the musicians we are. They're not mm-hmm. Samson. You know, like, yeah. uh, if we cut our hair, we're going to suck. <laughs> we would lose our power. No! <laughs> what? I heard Jason Newstead say that one of the main reasons why they cut their hair is because they toured so much, and it was frying their hair. All the stage lights and, you know, stuff outdoors and the heat and weather, it was, like, frying their hair to the point to where it was, like, breaking. Like, you know, it was just this nappy head of hair, and they are just like, you know what? Like a hay hair. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> I think long hair is uncomfortable, so I... I like short hair. Yeah. If they want to have it for comfort, then it's fine with me. Yeah. That's probably... And none of them have grown it back out since, so... Kirk. Well, Kirk, yeah, but... It's not as long, but he does have longer hair. And Rob Rob Trujillo has long hair, but... Doesn't he braid it? Sometimes. Sometimes he doesn't. Yeah. He does those four, like, really big fat braids, and uh-huh. it's kind of funny. But, um... Now, what about you, Thomas? How do you feel about all this? Um, the light, Thomas. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think, um, well, I, I agree with pretty much everything everybody else says, but um, especially that, you know, if you change your look, you know, you're not going to, doesn't mean the music changes. But really, I mean, you got to think about it, and everybody goes through phases, even if it, like Matt said, changing decades, you know, whatever it was, everybody's going to go through phases, you know what I mean? Like what I was, I think I had a conversation with you, Tim, about this before that. That was near the time that what they were like, they were in their thirties, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. I, yeah, they're probably you know, I they're probably their kids are starting to grow up, stuff like that. I wonder, you know, I think sometimes when I hear "Load and Reload," not that they're not good, but that they weren't as focused on the music as they could be, and maybe they didn't even realize it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. In a in a sense, but I mean. You know, I think it was just a phase. They were probably 30, you know. They they got really popular. They were trying something new, you know what I mean? So yeah. well, I don't I don't really hold it against them at all. I think it, you know, it was they were both good albums also, you know, but I mean, they're well, not my favorite, but you know. I think that well, was so- I think that was a point too in their career where they wanted to lose kind of the what held them to what they were when they first came out, you know, being so young. And then they all, I'm sure they all wanted to make business investments after making so much money off of, you know, the Black Album. And, you know, they want to they wanna do other things. And you got to look respectable, you know. Even though it, it doesn't really matter what you look like to be a businessman. But if you want to have, you know, um, say different um, endorsements, um, things of that nature, you do have to have a certain kind of look about you. Well, I, I understand what you're saying, but they're a metal band. So it's kind of like you if you're wanting a metal band to support your product, you're kind of like you got to take the lumps. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Like, if you're like, yeah, hey. Well, but I mean them investing in other things. You know, becoming, Yeah, like, if you like want to go into a meeting. A I think that's what it more is. Like, because I, I, don't, I don't think that was, um, I don't think they probably didn't have kids yet. And if they did, that was when they started to have them. Right. And you if know? you. So it was probably a stage where they, it was just kind of like a growing up stage for them, I think. And if you want to go in and close on a house, it looks more respectable. Unfortunately, the people judge you by that. But it looks more respectable if you're clean shaven and have short hair. And if you can yeah, buy exactly. cash. <laughs> I was just going to say, what do I... Yeah, like, I was going to say, anyway. I can have long hair and walk in with a million dollars and be like, I'm buying this house cash, all right? Who cares about my hair? Yeah, I can come in with some kind of a, a mask on. I want you to build a house out of gold. I know, I'm dressed like the Lone Ranger with a dreadlock wig on. And I come in there, and you'll still sell me the house because I got no money. No, um, just to kind of bring closure onto this, what I was saying, too, is that... And I know that we are focusing on the appearance of that as well as the the albums but i want to kind of merge the two um we're not just talking about a band who you love who comes out with an album that you're like wow this is just like what i expected except they look different like a lot of bands have done that green day did it with uh, american idiot you know billy joe lost a bunch of weight he was always pudgy he lost a bunch of weight did the black hair thing um gerard from my chemical romance lost a bunch of weight did the bleach blonde hair thing like they look different but their music seemed still intuitively like, oh, that's Green Day. Yeah, it seems like evolved Green Day. I think the shell shock that people suffered from was their their look changed, their classic Metallica logo changed, and their music changed, like, drastically. Everything you know about the band, yeah, all three, that kind of like, that trifecta of the Metallica logo is gone and replaced with this 90s thing. The album covers of, like, cool concept art are gone and replaced with, like, literally Blood and Semen is the name of one of the album covers. Yeah. So you've got that, and you're like, okay, all right, maybe I can deal with this. You flip yeah, it open. That blood, that your blood band and is semen sitting there. looks like fire, though. I, I know, mean, no, no. It's at a glance. Kind of. I mean, for a I, long time, that's what I thought it was until James told me. And then you, you, then you flip it open, and the band you know... Okay, they all have short hair and they're wearing Cuban suits and have cigars. Okay, I can go with all this and then you pop it in. And it's not that it's bad music. It's just like, what? (laughs) It's just not the band you thought. I think it was just a lot at once. It looked like the Italian mafia. (laughs) They did. The Cuban mob. Hey, we write music on the sides. Hey, how about you don't play so good today? (laughs) But um, so, yeah, I, I agree with everything that was said here regarding, you know, the music is... Uh, it has a place in Metallica history, and I really enjoy it. I enjoy some of it more than I enjoy, you know, others. But um, I think that, and Jason had a great point. It doesn't matter how you look if the music's great, you know. We usually, there are a lot of bands I couldn't pick them out in a lineup, you know, yeah. that I <laughs> that I know as I get more into them, I'll eventually kind of pick it up. And go, oh, that's the lead singer? Oh, okay. Or and there's still some songs in there just like, they had some real, to me, those albums had, they have a very, uh, <coughs> there's a few amount of songs in there that are, uh, like those slow burns, like Outlaw Torn or Bleeding Me. Yeah. Where it's like, they're just, they're not very fast, but they're just, they got great melodies and they sound really good. Yeah, they cook. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just to, to make that point about lead singers, uh, Allison Chains just came out with a new album and their lead singer who replaced Lane Staley oh, man. looks like Lenny Kravitz. Exactly like Lenny Kravitz. He's now, like, you're talking he's about... black like Lenny Kravitz? Like oh, yeah. He is an like, African-American male with dreadlocks who looks like a younger, oh, sleeker-faced Lenny Kravitz. He had a fro. Wow. I had I, no idea. When I saw him live... Oh, there you go. Live, he had a fro. He looked like... Um, 
Oh, well, he had like that one of those like '70s leather jackets on. I'm telling you, it looks really strange because you have like Alice in Chains or like these early '90s grunge rockers. They're all kind of pudgy now <laughs> and they're really old. And then you have this guy that looks like Babyface Lenny Kravitz come out and he starts singing yeah, it's Alice like... in Chains songs and he sounds like um, Lane Staley. Lane Staley. So it's like it's like it's voice really, acting. It's, yeah, like, it's really we weird. don't really care what you look like as long as you sound like the guy. So uh, that's hilarious. Just come on in here. That's funny. <laughs> Well, now we're coming on Allison something. Allison Chains and the P Funk All Stars. <laughs> it's like, I wanna fly away. Just so you know, that's gonna be on randomly throughout the podcast. Um, moving on to this next song here, um, we're gonna talk about the Judas Kiss. To me, I feel like just a little bit. Kirk, I love him. I love all the work that he's done for solos. He's my favorite guitarist. But a little bit, I was betrayed on the Death Magnetic album. Just a little. Because in principle, there is some amazing stuff there. But this is stuff that I think Bob Rock would have whipped into shape. And because it wasn't whipped into shape. It ended up being a little more sloppy when compared to some of his airtight, masterful, epic, uh, iconic solos. So let's talk about a couple of things with the Judas Kiss. Number one, were you disappointed with with the return to solos? What did you think Kirk delivered? And then, you know, just kind of about Kirk's solos in general. And then we'll go on to a second round of questions. But let's start out with that. So, Thomas, as an aspiring young guitarist, knowing and, and learning more of Kirk Hammett's guitar playing on these earlier albums, how did you feel? Did you feel like he gave you the Judas kiss? Did he go, hey, come over here, guys. Judas, what the? Or <laughs> do you feel like it was like, yeah, he delivered. This was everything it should have been. Um, no, I don't think he delivered through and through, I mean, I was really excited that he was soloing again. Because like you said, Kirk Hammett, uh, you know, he's, to me, one of the best. Maybe the best in, you know, my opinion. Um, but, man, just lately, after we went to that concert, I, I've been listening to the, you know, so much of the Black Album, so much of Injustice for All, Master of Puppets, um, even some stuff from Load and Reload. And his solos are, like you said... They're masterful. They all have their own personality. And when you're listening to the beginning of the song, you'll just remember the context of the solo, and you'll want to hear it right then. Well, that's how it is for me anyways. And it's just because they're that good, and I'm like, oh, yeah, man, there's that part of the solo. Yeah. And um, uh, Death Magnetic, I think I had a, I had a conversation with um, a friend of mine just the other day that, you know, sometimes when you go back to something – you know, it's almost like a warm up stage in the in the sense that they're doing this again. He hasn't soloed in a while or written solos. Right. So I think he might have thought in his head, Oh, these are really good 
And, I mean, like I said, there are a lot of, like you said, a lot of good principles, but I think, you know, if they come out with another album, I think his solos will be a lot better. Just because a lot of the times when I hear a band will put out an album that they haven't put out in a while, it's not as good, but then when they come out with another one, it's like, oh, wow, that's really good. Yeah. In a lot of cases, I mean, you know, so. There's a set of YouTube videos. Uh, you can actually check it out. Alex turned me on to this. Uh, it's really cool. It's The Making of Death Magnetic. And uh, it's ten videos long, one for each song. And it takes you through the stages of uh, when these songs had working titles, which is actually what we do in our band, The Deepest Red. We'll give a song a working title we'll, you know, while we're building right. it. And it takes you through these different songs. And when it gets to the point where Kirk is doing solos on some of these songs, you can see that... Uh, I believe what Thomas, how you described it, I believe you can see that that's correct. It's like he's getting back to like, oh, let me do this. Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, this will yeah. be good. This will be good. It's not that he forgot or that he can't do it well. It's just like getting back into the habit of creating something like that from scratch. It's like, oh, let me, okay, yeah, this is good. And I also personally feel like he had to, he had to feel like he had to prove himself. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I was you know what I mean? I didn't say that because, I mean, really? Some kind of monster, no solos. There's a whole, yeah. or St. Anger, no solos, but in the movie, some kind of monster. They go through that whole scene where he's like, come on, guys, there should be solos. And they're like, no, we yeah. don't feel like there should be solos on this album. And All right. I feel like he was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to bring it, and yeah. just went for speed. He kind of threw some of the technical aspects and the arrangement and writing out the window because he was just like watch this no wah too and a lot of it there's some yeah I was gonna say but remember how everybody was hating on him like oh all he yeah. does is use the wah he did no wah and all speed he was like you know yeah it now, did sound somewhat sloppy but you know here's a little trivia for you can you name diaper <laughs> you got me man dang it you're so good at that Ah, What's this no. question? Can you name a Metallica song that doesn't have a solo, excluding the album St. Anchor? Um, oh, I can. Oh, I was going to say. Right, Tim knows. For Whom yeah. the Bell Tolls. Yep. I was going to say that. There may be one other, too, but I'm not sure. Mm. I think from from Load, there's one. Like See, Ronnie. but I don't, honestly, I don't know those as well. well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of them... Uh, some of them. Oh man! Now I gotta figure that out. Not now. On, what about on the there's not very gone. many. Most of them do. Does Tuesday's Gone have a solo? That's a Garage Inc. See, I don't know if you count covers. Yeah, you're not. We're not counting the cover albums. Yeah, we're talking about original. Cover, uh, yeah, original stuff. It has a wicked harmonica solo though. Yeah, that is Tuesday's Gone. Who played does. that by the way. John is Popper it? of Blues Traveler. Oh yeah, that guy's nice. <laughs> he has a specially made harmonica. I didn't know that because I'm like, how can he do that? I mean, he's really good in the first place, but it's like double the size of a regular one. So yeah, it has I never, a I never even could wrap my mind around a harmonica. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense. To I me. could never even wrap my lips around a harmonica. <laughs> oh, no. That was dumb. But yeah, for whom the bell tolls, I know it's like a big one. It doesn't have a solo, but that song is still like. Hey, what's the song? Come on, you guys all know this because I say it every time. You could probably oh, answer. The... There's not even there's not a chorus to fade to black. Ah, I, know, I always tell them there's no chorus to fade to black, and that is cool. I'll the chorus really is cool. just the chords. It's almost like they were gonna write words, and we're just like, nah. The dun 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 dun. Oh, I'm always so happy. Dun, dun. <laughs> so happy. The snare so, on that song is so um, echoey. Yeah. Welcome to the '80s. I know, but it's like it was like '84, almost, almost to a fault. We were all two years old. Ah, oh, dude. definitely to a fault. I'm not sticking up for it. It was the '80s. Dude, the I will. Snare I will if nobody else will. I will. I was wearing a Smurfs T-shirt. Wouldn't change it for the world. Oh, they you were... listen. You know, I was listening to the different drum mixes. Man. You, if you listen to like Ride the Lightning, 
the drum set is so echoey. And yeah. then you listen Ugh. to um, Injustice for All, and it is like there is no effect on it at all. It's like... Yeah. Which is so funny because... playing the bongos with a drum That bothered me when I first heard Death Magnetic because I was waiting for a little more reverb and echoey stuff like the Black Album. And it was very dry. drum mix. And I was like... I was like, wow, I don't, I don't know if I'm happy I don't know which this. one I like better. Blackout but then it grew on me. Uh-huh. Sorry. I think the fact that it didn't have all the echo and stuff like that made it more timeless. Kind of like Injustice for All versus the Black Album, which even though it still stands up really well, you can tell it was recorded in the early to mid-90s because of how it sounds. You know? Just that echoey. Right. Whereas Death Magnetic, dry, and it seems like it'll last forever. What do you think, Tim? Reload or Black Album? Which has the best drum mix? Drum mix? I'm talking like overall drum sound because. Okay, Black Album has a. It's so good. More popping, like. Snap. It's so heavy. It has a snap to it, whereas Load and Reload has lower toms and a a fatter. But I think Reload Reload sounds different than Load. But I'm saying I. Oh, it's probably mastered differently. Yeah, when it when they kick into, uh, I can't remember what song it is. I don't know, but I I really like the. I really like part of it. Yeah, I I really like the. uh, the drum mix on Reload a yeah, lot. Yeah, even Fuel. What about the drums from Dyer's Eve? They're fast, but I'm telling you, man, that the Injustice for All does not have any effects on those drums. Yeah. yeah. But you know what I noticed? When at, when we saw that show live, they had a lot of effect on the drums, and some of those faster songs didn't sound as good because the faster parts were bleeding together because of all the effect. Oh. So they do like really fast double foot. Because there was so much effect on it, you you couldn't really hear. It wasn't tight enough. Yeah, you couldn't really hear right. the distinguished yeah. uh, hits of the bass drum. So, uh, right. Yeah, you could hear he was going fast, but it wasn't. Kirk what, solos. Yeah. I'll take this one, boys. Um, yeah, the solos on Death Magnetic are to me they're like first take solos. It's yeah. like you have an idea, and then that's the first thing you record when you have the idea. Right, and that's and then you that's don't on go those back YouTube and videos. polish it up. On those YouTube videos, he's like, oh, And that's cool. where you miss Bob Rock, because Bob yes. Rock would have sat there and go, what is going on you know here? exactly what he said. He probably would have used some more homework. colorful language. Yeah, no, yeah he, he would. would. Yeah. He would he tell would me, say, go, you need to do your homework on that one. Yeah. You know what? I'll, would, after after St. Anger, I will never miss Bob Rock. He totally ruined... Hold on. Let's not even get into that. First of all, wait, wait. First of all, you're jumping into the next question. Second of all... I don't There's, know the questions, so don't, don't judge me. I emailed them to <laughs> everybody. Judge Misjudged. <laughs> I emailed the questions to everybody. Anyhow, I wasn't done with my answer really either. you think I read your emails? Give yourself a break. <laughs> I'm just pointing out. He had them. <laughs> that's, ladies and gentlemen of the internet, that's what my brother thinks of the show. And you as listeners, pure disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> Misjudged. Misjudged. Um, Misjudged. So what I was going to say is they just seem like first takes, not... Uh, complete works and i i have to tell you though i think we were so when we first listened to that album at least when i did i was so starving for solos that i kind of gave him a little forgiveness because it had been literally 10 years since you heard a kurt hammett solo on an album wow if you go that if you go by time actually maybe longer than that because i was gonna say a little you had wasn't saying anger in 2003 yeah six years yes but what i'm saying is and then before that they had like Garage Inc. and stuff, I guess, like that. But I'm talking like original music, Metallica album. Yeah, no, I guess it had been got a while. It. Yeah, you're right. So you're like, <laughs> you were like, come on, solo, and you're like, all right, that was a little weird, but we'll take it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he can still do it, everybody. He can still do it. He can still do it. You hear that, Sloppy Joe? 
<laughs> I no, I forgave him because Lars brought back the double foot. Yeah, he, Lars brought it on that album. His drum parts on ninety-seven percent of that album. Are Cat's exactly. in his forties, man, and he's digging it out. No, nah, man, I oh, the yeah. only, the only I drum forgot part. how good of a drummer is. Now I'm listening to like the older stuff, and I'm like. Dang, oh, he's the he's really that good. guy who does those little things that are like he never keeps the same bass. He's beat jazzy, or... man. He throws some jazziness. He into really that does early and thrash metal, and I he, was like, whoa, he does. And he... you know the hits on um, the bridge to Leper Messiah. Yes, when he's doing, he does like a yeah. drag beat. Oh man, good stuff. It is really Sorry, good. That song's so blasphemous, Lord, but it's awesome. No, it's not Even blasphemous. It's not, no, 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 no. it's not a blasphemous song. That song's about TV preachers and how they're usually. Sadistic and evil, and blinged out, <laughs> and blinged out. Yeah, Messiah. even talking... God bobbed his head to that one. He did, and he threw up huge horns. He said, "James Hetfield, thank you." Um, but the uh, the um, talking about Lars drumming and stuff like that. He is one. The, the best way that I can describe it is Lars is the only drummer who distinctly I made me think he writes riffs on his drums. Yes, guitarists write riffs on their guitars, and you know riffs for anyone listening. Out Listen there who's to the not fills a... on battery. Yeah, Holy exactly. Mother. He is, if you're not a musician, a riff is just that, uh, it's not necessarily uh, like the chorus of the song or anything, but it's it's a part musically that is something that just draws your attention. Uh, like the riff to Enter Sandman is the... It's like a main tagline almost. Um, Lars does that on the drums. And he's the only drummer that I distinctly know, wow, that's like a riff. That drum is playing uh, a solo. <clears throat> Well, and Alex. Yeah. Come on. Well, also, let's stick to the topic. What do you think of the solos, Jason? <laughs> Captain, <laughs> Captain Rabbit Trail over here. Yeah. <laughs> stick to the topic. Some kind of monster. Jason, did you miss solos on St. Anger? And how did you feel about the solos on Death Magnetic? No, I, I didn't miss them on St. Anger. And um, on Death Magnetic... I like them, but that none of them are memorable to me. Right. But I, they all work fine with what what is there, but you know, it's not like anything on Master of Puppets or anything. Yeah. And now Jason is not you you don't play an instrument, right? No. Right. So that's coming from someone who I mean, I think you worded it perfectly in the way that we're describing it. Um they're not memorable. You know, as as a musician we're like, yeah, he didn't do his homework, it's not riffs and all that stuff. Jason's just like, Yeah. No. Not <laughs> how did you feel about it, Matt? Uh, Jason stole the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly how I feel. I'm a word stealer. Yes, he is. Word thief. Um. So, moreover, do you feel like there is a silver lining, like what Thomas was saying, that this is like, all right, cool. He realized this. He's going to go back and look, like. Alex was discussing and like joking around about how Lars knows the the way that the Saint Anger snare sounds isn't good. Like he he jokes about it, you know what I mean? Do you think Kirk's going to be like, yeah? Like he plays them both back to back. We saw live songs from the new album. We saw live songs from the old album. Do you think that he's like, yeah, this is wicked awesome? And then he's like, I probably could have done better on this one. <laughs> you know. Hopefully, the answer to that is yes, and that in the next five years we'll get another album with that return to just tightening it down and just making it memorable again. Um, the next one, and this is kind of going in, so Matt, I'm going to let you go first because it was what you were talking about. Um, 
It's Suicide and Redemption. To me, I thought that some kind of monster was suicide. It was, like, after I heard it, I was like, okay, I loved it, it was Metallica, but the more I listened to it, the more I'd be like, oh man, this could be so much better, it could be so much better. The redemption, to me, is death magnetic. They brought it back and said, hey, we're still capable of this, and so if you did a chart of the music from each album, you know, it has its peaks and valleys, but to me... St. Anger was the lowest valley and Death Magnetic was a rise back to the peak. You know what I mean? To get back up to that. So, you were talking about Bob Rock. So, Bob Rock was instrumental in, you know, the Black Album and Load and Reload. So, go ahead and vent about Bob Rock. How do you feel about him? What you were um, talking about? I don't, how- he, he did a lot of good work on the older albums. Um I really do like a lot of the older stuff, but I feel like at the end there, he kind of, I don't know, with the way the band was, and you really got to watch the movie Some Kind of Monster to really get a feel for what really went on with that whole CD, and that's when you really get, um, you can have at least have a respect for it. Even though I don't like it, I can respect what it is, because it was them, you know, because the band almost broke up. It was, you know, it was, it was, it, it was rough for a little while there, you know, so... But um, yeah. what what I miss the most with him there is he's 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 a he's a really good producer, but he's he's not he wasn't their bassist and that's what I didn't like the the most and uh, we were listening to um, that <clears throat> what was it from Kill 'Em All that we were listening to Tom that was uh, that we were talking about how sick that bass line oh, the was Four Horsemen right before oh, the my middle song dude. <sighs> Dude, there is no. It's the it's the it's the second solo in the song, right? No, 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 no. First, it's the solo in the middle that it, it's slow, and then it starts to pick up speed. And then they go back into the verses, and then he he shreds. Yeah, and it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, right, dude. I'll be the drums, Tim. You be the vocal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's ride this train. <laughs> Let's ride this train. <laughs> But yeah, but you know, and oh, that's what that's what I really miss. And then, like I said, with the uh, with Rob Trujillo, when he plays um, cyanide with uh, yeah, and cyanide when he plays the bass and that. I mean, you know, it's just that's what I really feel like that CD was missing the most. Aside Good from bass how, lines. aside from how muddy the guitars were, it's almost like since the bass was so bad, they tried to make up for it by mudding out the guitars to cover it up you yeah, know what i yeah, mean yeah, I know what you're saying. and it's just like they just didn't have the guy they were looking for and i'm so glad that they found him yeah and um but and then so there was that and then there was uh and like i said the band was just falling apart in general there's nothing bob rock could do about that so you know but i'm glad they got it all together and uh that's really what they were missing though is that because all three of them have been together for so long that I think that Rob Trujillo adds an extra element that they're all not really used to and being together as a band and it just sure. it just adds it adds it makes it different, you know. It's not like they're not all at each other's throats, you know, because yeah, he yeah. kinda I don't know, he kinda brings the peace between the four of them, it seems, you know. He does bring a, a whole new And he's sick and he doesn't use a pick, so Yeah, well not all the time. And he, he definitely 
brings a whole element of he just seems like he has got a an air of competence like he just it's covered like yeah awesome baseline check like you're not even worried about it you know yeah so um all right now um oh, Thomas. and i'm upset about the drums too there is no excuse for that the way that that snare sounded you just can't let it ring like that a snare is like you know it's like it's kind of like a like a period almost it's too in a bad. song you know what i mean it's like there's a little sentence, and then there's a period at the end of right. it. And that's like kind of what the snare does for it. And if you let the, you know, it's almost like having the three periods at the end where it's like, it's but. Like ellipses, yeah. Is this yeah, like, it's like, it's like, like hammer and a second. He just lets it ring like that. box of communication. Oh, yeah, this is the hammer and the, <laughs> the <laughs> snare. We that every show. Listen, well, here's the thing. Real quick, though. There's some sick drum parts on Saint Anger, but exactly, and that's what upsets me so yeah. much is because that could be a really good monster. If you cleaned up the oh, guitars and so you good. and you had Rob write bass parts for it, and and you change the drums up completely, not and even, record not even it well, beat. record that album well, exactly, not in one room with one microphone on every <laughs> change the tuning. Just yeah, put, clean up the had guitar. one microphone in the middle of the room, like all right, play. Are we in two? No, I don't care. It yeah, there's like matter. a there's a point in one of the songs. Uh, it might be uh, it might be Purify where the cable goes out oh, and it goes and they leave it in there. It's right before the and it's like I will only let you breathe my air that you receive. I've only heard if that song like reviewed, three times. If you, you know just what? view that that album as just like a complete scrapping and rebuilding, then you could really appreciate the song. Exactly. Right. Yeah, but it's if that thing. was a different band, do you think that would be a decent CD for a different? No, band? because it wouldn't be what it was. If it was a different band, it could be a, a different band's first album. Yeah, it, you know what I'm saying. It it's wasn't different. meant to. It was supposed to be like a a stripping down of the music. And a rebuild. It was supposed to be. It was. All, it, it was like I was saying with the solos. It was supposed to be like a first take uh, when you first write a song in 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 your garage with your band. That's you know we haven't polished everything. We don't want to polish everything. We're just going to leave it like this. That's the whole point of it. And you get right, yeah. some really cheesy, and you get some really awesome parts too mixed in there too. And then you just make that snare yeah. sound like a cowbell, and that's All right. real, real <laughs> good. <before laughs> well, what about you, Jason? We haven't heard from you on any of this. Do you I'm talking about suicide and redemption, and how do you feel that that Saint Anger is as bad as we're saying it is in in some ways? And Wait, do you I feel like that they're yeah? I don't think in it's some way. bad in some ways, like you're yeah. saying. Well, which is both of you in indirectly are saying that there are parts of it that are not good. I think we can all agree on right. That. Oh, sure. It's not bad music. It's definitely the way it was put together and recorded. Yeah, and I think Alex is spot on. It's a transitional listen, piece. You shouldn't listen to me. I like tickling my little soup catcher with the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> all right, carry on. Diaper. Ah, yes, diaper. Di- he says. How do you feel about St. Anger as an album? And then do you feel that Death Magnetic is redemption in the sense that this is a climb upward towards better things? Because I, I was honestly thinking to myself, I was like, if it gets worse than than St. <laughs> Anger, they're not a band anymore. I mean, it's going to sound like <laughs> science amoebas just like swimming in water. Like it can't get much muddier and, and less put together. Uh-huh. Um, I really liked St. Uh, Anger when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Um, listening to it now, though, it, it's really hard to listen to. I mean, even before Death Magnetic came out, just going back and listening to it, it it's hard for me. I don't. So I don't. I don't know what exactly changed. It's just yeah. 
I feel the same way. Yeah. I used to love it, and now it's like oh, probably just because yeah, well, you material. were so starved for yeah. Metallica that yeah. it was it was all you had at the time. That's what it was for me, at least. Well, what about you, Jason? What? As far as what were you, what was the rest of what you were going to say? Because we were all kind of jumping. Oh, in. Um, not me. Well, yeah. So I think uh, <laughs> Death Magnetic was a redemption from that. Yeah. Yep. You can listen to that more easily and readily. Right. Yeah. yeah. Do you still listen to it? It's been about a year. Um, just if it comes up in shuffle. Cool. Do you have a favorite song on the album? Probably all night long. Yeah, it's good. Nice. Excellent. See, and that's the thing that, that's what upsets me with St. Anger is because it's not bad. It's really not because there are some catchy parts. Like if you, you can catch yourself singing it, you know, and it's not, it doesn't sound so bad if you change it in your head from what it really is. You know what I mean? Like if you, if you kind of tighten the guitars up and you change the drums a little, you're like, you're like kissing an ugly girl, pretending that she's not ugly. Exactly. <laughs> hey baby. It's lips like, or it's lips. like shallow hell. Lips or lips. <laughs> you're like lips or lips. And I, if I just, if I close my eyes and pretend that this is a pretty girl. Can we do this though, real quick? Can we name our favorite song off of Saint Anger? Yeah. All right, you start. Um, oh. Sweet Amber. I would have to agree. Yep, Sweet Amber. Yeah. Mm. I don't have fi- a list up, but I was thinking that's the only one that came to my mind. I there like so, go, right some there. kind of monster is great too, though. Some kind. Frantic of is really cool. But... Frantic is really cool, but dude, that riff on Sweet Amber. Yeah. Jut If that would be a normal E, how tight would that be? Oh, super tight. Tighter than a black hole. Cover song. How sweet are you? How sweet does it get? And then the end. Um, how about this? On uh on that album too though um, you're talking about like Sweet Amber and how that whole thing is like you know uh, Invisible Kid if that was tired, the that I used to crank that see even if they would leave the drums and just change the guitar tone or you know the sound of it like just make it tight forgive the drums the drums carry like life forgive them but I'm just saying even if they would have made one aspect of it better it would have made it a better CD you know what I'm saying but I I think that defeating the purpose right it was a an album where they needed to stay together as human beings let alone a band so I don't know I can't forgive them for that CD it's well no, 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 no. That's what okay, I'm saying. But listen though. to those songs live when they have all this stuff. Yeah, and right, and the drums sound good. Yes, yeah, they do. What they, they play do. live at the at the show? Not at our show, but they do. Exactly. They do before. Uh-huh. Frantic, they play. Oh, it didn't happen to us. It must not ever happen. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they play too, Tim? You'd like this. Recently, they've played um, uh, that one you just diaper. Oh, <laughs> they played diaper, and actually, diaper Scott. <laughs> Fat Scotty comes on stage and sings it with him. It's really I'm great. I'm the only cast member of Star Trek who's alive. <laughs> Lord forgive me. Is he still alive? <laughs> what is about, James what about William Shatner? Is James Doohan alive? Well, he William died. Shatner. No, he's dead. Transcended he's dead. that. You said only, though. <laughs> yeah, but he... <laughs> Don't try to run around it. <laughs> no, I guess still I... Alive. Mis- misjudged. It was yeah. misjudged. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Leonard Nimoy's definitely alive. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, that's negated. I'm the only... <laughs> I, misjudged. I, We're going to stick uh, with the no, misjudged. No, 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 it's Bones definitely. is dead. Bones is dead. Um, that's Scotty's ironic. dead. Moses. Moses, Moses is dead. Alone. 
Moses Malone, the mailman? Yeah. Actually, uh, Bones was the black Moses of soul. Um, anyways, <laughs> oh, okay. what was that song? Oh, um, uh, I Disappear. I heard a live oh, version of that. Yeah. It was pretty oh, sweet. Look, it wasn't too bad. Do you bear me now, I heard a live version I'm of No Leaf Clover. I apologize in advance, because without the San Francisco be... Philharmonic and dead uh, Michael Kamen, it's awful. And dead Michael Kamen. I'm telling you. Oh, it's it was so bad. Michael Kamen in the grave. It was so I wish bad, I w- I wish I had a wish to bring him back so they could make another one. Dude, that's what you so use your wish for. You're dude, so if I lame. Had three. <laughs> you just said one wish. No, I said if you I know I what had... I'd bring back a diet buddy. <laughs> no, no, you would bring back Crystal Pepsi. Don't lie. I would. I was the only one that. And I'd go. Oh wow, I kept oh, Pepsi afloat true. for years. I'd ask you why you used one wish on. A six pack of Crystal Pepsi. It's <laughs> like you could have at least. I could have brought back existence. the recipe. <laughs> I could make as much as I wanted, but I just brought back a six pack. Uh, I think. If I had one wish, Crystal Pepsi would be my best friend. <laughs> All right, Tim, right? let's move right. this train along. This is the final question, yes. and this one is my apocalypse. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, did we? Uh, weren't we going to do when we went over? Uh, Kirk, weren't we going to name our favorite solo? I did read that in the email. Oh, wow. You do read my emails. What is going on here? Uh-oh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, wow. Whoa. Um, Kevin Spacey hmm. in a ditch. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive my language, gentlemen. Diaper. <laughs> Diaper. Okay. What, what do you think is Kirk's best solo work? Who, me? Are you joking <laughs> me right now? <laughs> yes, you. There's five people in this room. Don't make me look like an idiot. Okay, Matt, what's your favorite solo? Yeah, I'm probably probably going to edit this whole thing out of the podcast anyway. But (laughs) this one's a tough one because I yeah, that's why sometimes that's why I was making sure. Okay, okay, hold on, ready, ready, hold on. All right, all right. To close out this segment, um, let's go ahead and discuss what our favorite Kirk Hammett solo is. I. I'm going to call on Jason first because he is the one who is not the musician here. So I want to know if there's one that sticks out to you. Jeez, Tim, quit, quit insulting the guys. Like, no, it's not I the one that Jason, has don't no feel musical bad. I do not knowledge play an whatsoever. No, it's all. not. Yeah, but you sing. A, a little bit. In the not shower. Professionally. <laughs> you, do you sing, Jason? Jason, you want to start so, a duet? All right, well, here's what I'm saying, though. I'm talking about, and I don't mean it in a derogatory way. I'm saying from a perspective of Thomas and I, like actually play solos, so it's like it's different. It's like a photographer who takes photographs would view a photograph different than someone who might not have the working knowledge of how it was created. True. So what I'm saying is, what Jason, what is the solo that you would think uh, is your favorite one, or maybe the most memorable, or? I have no idea. No? Out of all these questions, this is the one that you asked me first. and I, That's great. I just really haven't I haven't listened to much of their music in a while, so I really can't choose one. Gotcha. There's nothing in my head that I can tell I've you. I've got two. Okay, Sorry. Alex. Why don't you go, Alex? Tell me, what is your favorite uh, Kirk Hammett solo? Oh, man, of all the questions, you had to ask me second. <laughs> <laughs> uh I have to say, and this is going to be a little surprising. Man, I don't know. There's actually just three. say it. Just right, well, say it. I have it. my okay. answers if we want to. Really no, no, no. Get here we go. Done here. Master of Puppets. But I, I really a close second is Unforgiven. Okay. All right. All right. What just about, so this is the the sound of it. What about you, Matt? Um, 
What sound? It sounds crazy. But I would hope it would be a, because of the sound effect. For a long time, it my favorite solo has always been, ever since I heard it, was uh, the solo from Don't Tread on Me. Oh, yeah. That's just good stuff. That, and of course, you cannot leave out the solo from The Four Horsemen. Oh, yeah. Oh, just Carpe can't. diem, baby. You just can't. Really? That's a really good solo. Wow. When he goes yeah, into the bridge. There's so many good ones, though, but those the are harmony? the two that are... And I don't know why, but ever since I was younger, that, that one from Don't Tread on Dude, Me. Dude, every I'm solo from Master Puppet's album is awesome. It is, but what is your favorite? Yeah, but you have okay. to pick a favorite. Thomas. I Master Puppet's probably. That's a really good one. Okay, right. we're all leaving out. Batteries Nothing ready. else matters. Ah, that's mine. No, no, no that was no. going to be my close third. No, mm. that's not. Now, okay. <laughs> I'll Alex squash all of you. Squash with an arm. I think five of them hold a tie. That they're fighting over. Five? Literally. I I'm telling 30, you, Tim. Well, no, like, 30 I actually th- wrote an essay if you guys have a little bit of time here. Uh, <laughs> chapter one. The well, this out. is only because I've been listening to them so much uh, lately. I think. You'd be a good referee. <laughs> I think everyone wins. <laughs> but you get a participation ribbon. Um, all five of you win. I there were only four of us in the race. All right, all right, all right. Let them talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> only I can defend you. Um, no. And only Matt can tell people to shut up and like stay on they top. They can't stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> and Tim thinks that referees pick the winners of games. <laughs> <laughs> they do if I pay them. Everybody wins. <laughs> and He's like, all right, regardless of the score, I like yellow better. So <laughs> Your colors are great. Red, you're a close second. <laughs> you, sir, have picked perfectly. I know you scored 30 more touchdowns than this other team, but come on. Look at you guys. You're uglier than mud fences. <laughs> oh, not dry oh. mud, neither. Okay. Anyhow. Quiet, um, everyone. Let's listen to the 15-year-old. Well, the best one in the room. Nothing Else Matters oh, is a good one. Uh, pretty pretty up there. Um, Go tell it on his, the mouth. His mic's off, right? His <laughs> Next off. to that is I really, really <laughs> like... Um, the four horsemen solo in the middle. This is the one that's slow. It's a slow build up. Do, 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 Co- do, yeah, do, do, do. copycat. Um, I I really one of my favorites that really caught my attention. Just let me guess. What of Wolf of Man? That's the fourth. Ooh. Oh, the, but the, the end of Fade to Black. No, the third. Come on, dude. This is actually it. Sabotage. Actually, no. It's my friend oh, in misery. He uses the. Um, he uses the harmonizer. Yes. That is really good, man. Somebody How's the Jack a compilation of all his solos. He uses the oh, vocal. man, you ever been to YouTube, man? Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's it. That's... But, um, YouTube then... is a graveyard of 13 to 15-year-old kids <laughs> trying to teach me how to play those solos wrong. Listen, let me tell you, I got to tell you something real quick. Today I was on Project Playlist, and I was um, I was looking for old Metallica songs, and I, I picked, uh, I think it was Sanitarium. <laughs> and and I clicked on it. It didn't have the time next to oh, it or anything. No. And I was like, this sounds a little funny because the timing was a little off. And no, like, no, Dude, no, no. I'm telling you. It it's was a kid some... playing over the track. Oh, no, no, no. It wasn't even that. It was him overlapping himself. So he did both guitar parts. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, it was brilliant. Now, <laughs> another one I found on YouTube was like this eight-year-old kid that plays the beginning of... Um, Hey, uh, or plays the bridge to Master of Puppets, or I forgot I've seen which. that before. Dude, he's really and he good. He really is eight years old. Yeah, he cooks it up. I was like, man, wow. he's pretty good. I mean, yeah. you can tell he's eight because yeah, he messes up. He didn't up write it, so. Uh, <sighs> but he's eight. <laughs> well, whatever. Some kids got that raw talent. I'm mentally eight. And I what was your favorite, Tim? 
I didn't go yet. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, did, were you done? Well, uh, no. Well, I was just like saying. Oh my well, yeah, god! Yeah, like so I was like, all right, we're gonna start my top ten here. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. Every solo ever. Um, they're all so good. What since he, did you pick just one? You could pick more than one if you want. I went. I did two. I yeah, did, did uh, "Don't Tread on Me" and the four, four horsemen. horsemen. That's what I thought. My favorite solo of all time is "Nothing Else Matters." Really? It's dude. dude come on, dude. Come on now. No, you, you say come on. I say come on. Listen though, and you know I take a bullet for that solo. But I can't agree with you here, okay? <laughs> dude, that thing die. has dude, more soul so than it before. is just the, oh, the one solo that Kurt Hammock doesn't do, and that's the one you pick. But no, man. But you wait, know didn't what? we say favorite? Or did we say favorite solo or favorite? Now favorite you solo. Oh, no, this is no, a Kurt maybe we did say Kurt Hammock. Uh, uh, no, because this question time? solely pertained to Kirk Hammett, though. We have to remember. We don't have to, but I'm making him pick one. All right. So, all right. So, if I had to go with that, I would say that. My favorite Kirk Hammett solo is on, uh, what is the song? It's from, uh... You don't even know the song? You don't even no, know no, 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 no. Uh, they're all bleeding together. It's, uh... That's what I'm saying. I had trouble remembering it all. One. Oh, oh so yeah. Good. Well, we all say it like we just assume that that's, but... <laughs> that's a given, it seems like, you know? You no. think so, but no you one said it. it. Dude. Not even name it. One. Yeah. Dyer's Eve. Yeah. That is disgusting. The drums are the most memorable on that song. Um... Oh, yeah. And then, uh... I really like the solo on uh, Sad But True. Oh, yeah. that's so good. That is da, just... Da, 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 Well, man, I don't know if you think Shred, man. See, but that's the thing. Shred is a dime a dozen. That's why Shred with personality and soul. Master Puppets has the shredding, and then it also has the bridge part, which I still consider a solo, kind of. Uh, lick no. solo, uh, whatever. Both. That is, yeah, I would consider that a lick because they changed it a little uh, bit. It's so. a licking solo with mm, diapers on. See, yeah, I don't know. You know. Um, so I guess you know what's going to be great though is I'm sure we'll do our homework and be listening and go, oh, I should have said that one. Oh, I should have said that one because like, so is Am I Evil? That's a great solo, oh, man, man. Even though it's a cover, Kirk still plays it. I also it. really like so um, Freight Ends of Sanity. Yeah, I do. Oh, the end of Welcome Home Sanitarium. Oh, yeah. That's no, another see, good there one. Are too oh, many. Many. How about the end of Faded Black? No, no, no. But see, again, that's more of a lick than a solo. But, it, but he does do a yeah. solo at the end. Of... Yeah. Oh no. Okay, that's my new favorite. Faded Black. <laughs> I think the end of that when he goes no, when he starts it. doing the. Oh, that's a really good solo at the end. Go back and listen to that and see if you don't agree with me. I know. They're no, all you don't. Really good. How can you can't? It's, that's it's what I'm not, saying. You don't know what you're talking about. You I love all of them. You can't really be like, all right, what's the best one? You have to pick your favorite. Do I have to and, pick but your it's favorite? It's almost impossible. I, I can't even. But yeah, but that's why I like the Don't Tread on Me one, just because I think it sounds the neatest. Like it's, it just has soul and it rips at the same time. Oh, A lot yeah. of the ones from the Black Album. What about Battery it, from that's why the, I lo- the San Francisco yeah. Philharmonic? Man. Yeah, that's what I mean. Is it Come tough? on, dude. He kicks into that one two beat. That beat is insane. You know what else is a really good solo? <laughs> is uh, <laughs> anyways, if you've already said too no, many. no, no. All right, I'll just I'll say this Dude, one. Dude, put me thing in a solo hog. I'll say this one, and then we'll move on to the final question. There's the final question. Um, the solo that I think was most impressive to me, as far as showing Kirk's ability to grow, and as it changed as a guitarist on Death Magnetic, was Suicide and Redemption. Uh, it doesn't sound like any of the solos he's done before. Right, it sounds, it sounds like The Legend of Zelda. It sounds more like Joe Satriani. It sounds more like... Um, yeah, that's a good comparison. 
uh, something like that, where it's like just that. Not as much personality. Well, but it's it fits the song really well because yeah. that one's not really bursting with personality. But tell me, you didn't want to rescue Zelda? I did. Link, he come to town. He come to say the Princess Zelda. So my apocalypse. And this is a question that I believe uh, Thomas has an answer to because he, when I said it to him, he was like, "No, let me tell you something." Oh, <laughs> guess he's going you first. Go last. I just put it this way: with my apocalypse, Metallica are not going to last forever. Yes, they are. So when they stop making new music, who is going to take the throne when Metallica decides to pass on the crown? And I'm going to let Thomas go first on this one. Before we start, that's like thinking about your dad dying, though. That's really sad to think about. Yeah, well, no, it is. We're coming to terms because it's not necessarily. Uh, but why now? Why? Be- because I choose to do so on this podcast to explore the options because we have to face it to fix it. Now, help me, Thomas. <laughs> um, all right. Easy, I- easy oh. answer for me. No, easy answer for me. Nobody gets the crown. No, it doesn't get passed on to nobody. There's that was a double negative. Yeah, you, then know, you know what? No, hey, fine. that crown all get passed on. I know, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> they should really make a crown and give it to them. Quiet down. Yeah, yeah they does. could all share it. But um, I'll give them a Burger King. Crown. I don't know, man. It's just not. Nah, man. They they made a mark in like metal history, and really, I don't think anybody will. There might be really epic bands that will come to pass, and there might be really. I mean, they're really good. They have all they sell. The epic out. band is dead, <laughs> but pretty much, I mean, for metal Metallica, they pretty much they were like they introduced a huge part of the you know just thrash metal. They're they're just like the kings of it. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, it doesn't belong to anybody but them. I feel like it should always stay with them. They are Metallica. Nobody else. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so you're saying. No crown, nothing gets passed on. If you want it, make your own legacy for 20 years. Pretty much, yeah. Make your own legacy. If you can do that, then maybe we'll talk. But if you don't, if you at least stay together for 15 years first and then talk to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, make make an album. But till then, that that Every five years. Or, yeah. yeah. Can I go next? Sure. The era of the iconic band is over. There, Name me one modern iconic band. That didn't originate in the 80s or before. Ooh. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> Does it gotcha. have to be metal? Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm, hey, listen. Wah, when bah, I'm bah, wrong, bah. I'm wrong. Does it okay. have to be metal, though? No. Oh, well, I'll name Dave Matthews Band easy. Papa pa, Poker Face. Papa Poker Face. I'll give you that. I will give, <laughs> yeah, I, Dave Matthews is I will give exception. you that because they created a, an entirely different genre. Yeah. And I really like Weezer, too. Yeah, but I'm telling you that has that longevity, and I mean like the longevity, like the Aerosmiths, Metallica's, right. U2. I don't the think we're reason, living. No, you well, know what it is second. though? The only reason those bands are hey, listen, so good is because the they had a. I do have a mic. I know <laughs> and, he right, can't help but himself. They, they, but His the Latin reason, name is Mattis Interruptus. <laughs> but the, the only reason those bands are so good are because their fans were so loyal to them. 
And that's why Metallica is so good. It's not all of the reason, but I mean, if you listen to some of the bands that you were naming, I don't really like some of those you bands said all the that only much, reason. you know? Well, wait, though. Hold on. I think those fans are so loyal because they were so good. It's chicken and egg. I don't think that they got better. Plus, they revolutionized their genres. Yeah. They invented new genres in some cases. Right. So all I, I, what Stones? I'm saying is the modern iconic band. Yeah. Matt Carney. I don't know, I guess. Dude, throw they have their own the roller coaster. Just throw the mic at him. No. All right. What I'm saying is the modern iconic band is is gone. So, in reference to your question, will the crown be passed on? No. I think somebody will have to, like you said, they will have to create their own... They would have to make their own uh, iconic band. They would not be able to just pick up where Metallica leaves off because Metallica inspired a thousand other bands that aren't that great. Yeah. And <laughs> so there's true. really no other band I don't think that's going to come along and be like, all right, well, Metallica's gone, so we're going to pick up where they left off. So I, it's one of those things you just have to make it for yourself. A yeah. band has to become iconic. They don't, And they don't become iconic by saying, hey, we're going to be iconic. They make really good music, and they have longevity. They stick around, usually with the same core of guys, core group of guys, um, or girls, no discrimination. Um, and they stick around for decades, and people will, people that don't even like that style of music will know their songs. Right. It, it, it crosses every bound, boundary, racial, religious, it doesn't even matter. So... Um, but I, I do think we we have seen the end of uh, of, of iconic bands for now, anyways. For well, now, yeah, for now. I'm saying yeah, for, for who, had, the who era. had the crown before Metallica? Well, here this is that's a great question. I was just gonna say or the for, re- well, no, I'm gonna answer. Oh. I was actually gonna make a statement before you went because I'm gonna let you go next, Matt. But it, it it raises the question: Why do I ask just for this band? What about you two? Or what about all the and these other bands who are iconic? Well. There are other bands up and coming. Why am I saying this about Metallica? Who had the crown first? Well, the reason why I'm bringing it up this way is because I think, for me, they are the most stated band as an influence ever. Right. Yeah. And so people are saying, oh, because of them, because of them. So it's almost that people are pointing to them as inspiration. That's why I'm saying who passes on that crown because so many people gave them a crown. It's not like any band should just um, arise out of nothing and try to build up this, okay, now we're the next big thing. It's like so many people say Metallica is it. They inspired us to do what we do. That's why we're here now. How many rock concerts have you been to where the people stand up on stage and they're like, we like to thank our influences, Metallica. You know, it's like they're in so many genres. So what I'm saying is people have crowned them. And it's not like they did it themselves or tried to rise to that. Right. Whereas you two, they're great, but I don't hear a lot of people citing them as an influence. Let me ask I mean, you this. Um, once they die, does that mean that they lose their crown? They can't. They can no longer be an influence to people. No. Not not the influence crown, but who's going to continue it? Who's going to run the kingdom? Who's going to keep that style alive? Who else could? That's what I mean. Like that will stay around. But, as a for instance, when Walt Disney passed away, there had to be people who were visionary, who shared his passion, and his legacy had his vision, or else we wouldn't have the animation we have now. Who is that? Yes, but Walt Disney didn't rock me sideways. 
Did you know what I'm saying though? How he raised carry on the, the that style of music. Yes. That, that's what I mean by the crown. Who's going to carry on that style of thrash metal? That epic, excellent riff-driven solos with riff. singing. You know what I mean? That heart. Like I can't think of another band. Deepest Red. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, sorry. What about you, Matt? Um, but that's a good. If question. I had to pick in that genre, I would definitely have to go with Trivium. Just because they can flat out play, the they can come up with um, the the dual solos where they both play the same thing, different things. The drummer is a machine. Their bassist is good. The only thing is the vocals, but that's something I think they're still trying to work out. Um, but as far as being as good as Metallica, I don't know. But if they if anybody has the potential, uh, I would have to pick them. I mean, I I really respect the fact that you went with somebody like instead of just saying no one no one um does anybody want to refute that does anyone agree um, no. i've never heard of them yeah i don't i don't refute that i think they're really really good but i think yeah matt said they they i think they're one of the bands that has the closest potential like i don't sure. think they'll ever yeah. do and they're it. even they're even one of metallica's favorite bands too yeah they they because respect they've toured playing. with metallica they metallica i think they, they just, kissed they, <laughs> no i'm <just> kidding <laughs> you want to kiss what a little kiss? bit you want to kiss a little bit but yeah. uh yeah even and i mean they've toured with metallica metallica really likes their music they like their style but that that's another thing that comes down to the uh the the screaming or the singing so, you know, but and uh, and I really think if they can get a good mix of the two because the guy has a good voice and they're actually from around here central Florida too, so that's another reason why I I'll like Tell you them. a band that could have done it, but their songwriting is not up to par, but they're super talented is Bullet for My Valentine. Oh. I saw them. They sound a lot like old Metallica. If you listen to some of the bridges you can tell it's like a crazy yeah. direct influence. I just I can't get over that name. That sounds kind of Oh, I agree. Yeah. What I'm saying is, like, if you want to talk about talent-wise, though, I saw them uh, on live on a on a program, and they were, I'm talking, they were right in the pocket, and it was, uh, it was, it, it was really good metal. But you know, that's just it, like I, I think we're all kind of in agreement that there's the crown is going to be given to me. <laughs> Alex Darnell is going to carry it. Listen, I, I didn't want to talk about this, but let's be honest. No, let's be honest. You're going to be sitting there eating cinnamon toast crunch in your underwear, wearing a crown. All right, so <laughs> Tim. Eating a punch bowl of cereal. So Letting the microphone think? tickle I my I got to know what Tim thinks. What do you, what's up, man? I honestly think that if... I think that this new wave of bands that is continuing, this what is being called the American wave of heavy metal, I think those bands are going to thrive. Lamb of God, uh, Trivium, um, you know, Gojira, even some you know foreign bands, I think they're going to thrive, and I think what's going to happen is um, it's cyclical. There will be, that will be prominent, that'll be great, but in the same way that in the 90s when glam rock, like early, early 90s, when glam rock was the thing, there's always counterculture that comes underneath it to start the new thing, which right, yeah. was Nirvana. Nirvana came in and was the opposite of glam. It was the absolute opposite, which created grunge. Right. Um, also, Metallica and Thrash was kind of the underground uh, parallel to glam. It was, we don't like all that. And 80s hair metal. Right. And it was the opposite of that. So I think in that same way, you're going to have this movement of you know, um, the new wave of American heavy metal. 
and that there is going to come from that someone who's going to rise up from the ashes and start writing riff-centric stuff that has really good melodies and just go and, you know, return to the riff and the intricate songwriting that just is much more uh, tightly fit together. So that's what I think. I think we're going to see another band that doesn't exist now come out of the ashes and make it rain. So that's kind of what I say. So, all right. That concludes the podcast as far as the Metallicast. Does anybody have any final thoughts? Anything you want to say about Metallica? About anything we've discussed? Anything you meant to say before but forgot to say? Anything like that? Um, No, not really. No, yeah, no. Diaper. (laughs) Diaper. Jason? Nope. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. Hopefully you found this uh, educational. If, uh, If you're interested in anything Metallica or have questions, you can always obviously check out the web, but... Feel free to email us at multigeekshow at gmail.com. Um, I'd love to hear if you disagree. We can have a great conversation, and I would love to be educated on uh, a new way of thinking if you feel like uh, we have misrepresented anything. But um, I also want to uh, thank everybody. So thank you very much to Matt. You're welcome. Thanks, Thomas. Mm. Thank you, Alex. Yes. And as always, thank you, Jason. And thank you, Tim. Ah, all right. Thank you, Jason, as well. <laughs> Diapa. All right, everybody. Diaper on three. One, two, three. Diaper. Diaper.